0: Welcome back to the Who Knows Podcast, episode four. We've got some great stuff, so thanks for sticking around. If you've made it through this many episodes, we appreciate it. All right, welcome back. Today we've got some exciting stuff to talk about. The Denver Nuggets tanking for Zion Williamson, the Lakers. We thought they were at rock bottom last week. They're not. Maybe it's still getting worse. You know we're going to talk about the Jazz. As much as Brad won't admit, this is a Utah Jazz podcast. Oh, please. There's some Russell Westbrook news and then some other (laughs) random NBA and NFL news going on, but... Let's go ahead and jump in with the Denver Nuggets. Brad, you
1: said you were a little worried about the Nuggets. A little worried. A little worried. Don't go anymore. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm really worried, but just a little worried.
0: Are you selling your Nuggets stock? No. Never. I'm not
1: buying it if you're selling no, it. No, ne- I would never sell it. But um, I, I have to say, we've been slumping last week. Uh, we lost three straight.
0: Two, a, two, two a home. at home. Yeah. Two at home,
1: And we do not lose at home, as you know.
0: One of the best. except for The best sold.
1: home record? Uh, it was the best, I think, before... Those two losses. Now we're probably mm. second or third, but they're still twenty-seven and six at home. Uh, I mean, still, still one of the best records in the league. Uh, just as last week, I'm starting to get a little. hint. I'm just worried about playoff basketball. We all know playoff basketball is different than regular season basketball, and I'm worried that uh, this team isn't going to be have the experience. Uh, I, I could, I could see them losing in the first round. As much as I hate to say it,
0: so this is something we mentioned a little bit before, and I think this is true with the Nuggets team is. The problem with small guards in the playoffs. So the Nuggets have been playing Monty Morris and Isaiah Thomas. Jamal Murray's not necessarily like a huge guard. Like he's not small, but he's not a Dwayne Wade. You know, this six foot six combo guard who you know gets block a blocking game. Six Dwayne Wade. How tall is Dwayne Wade? Oh,
1: he's six four tops.
0: Is that okay? He has a long wingspan. Yeah, I guess. And he plays like it. he just passed Michael Jordan in all time blocks.
1: Strong.
0: He, he doesn't play like a Jamal Murray or an Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. He, he plays athletically above the rim. So is that what you're concerned about at all or is it the lack of experience?
1: Uh, that's part of it. It's more the lack of experience. Like you can just tell. like in our starting five, there's only one guy that has played a playoff game before. Mm. And we have four guys who have never played in playoffs. So and then outside of that, the rest of our rotation, uh, I mean Mason Plumley. So I'm pretty much Paul Millsat, Mason Plumley and Isaiah Thomas, which hopefully Isaiah Thomas is not. Part of the rotation in the playoffs. Really? He has to be out of the rotation. He had a couple okay games, but he is just killing our offense. He's killing Monte.
0: He's a a little bit of a black hole. He gets the ball and he's going to try and get a shot for himself or pass it to someone else late in the shot clock where they have to force a shot.
1: But um, I mean, that's definitely part of it is that we don't have, like, we're not going to play the Warriors probably in the playoffs at all. But if we did, like, we have nobody who can even remotely come close to guarding KD, we have nobody who can guard Paul. Like Those long wing players, yeah. we just have nobody that can guard. We can handle like point guards like Russ, James Harden, okay, but we can't hang with wing players.
0: Yeah, you, you mean you're one of the other 29 teams that can't guard yeah, Kevin all, Durant? Okay, all of cool. us can't guard KD. Yeah, yeah, but... uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Further on, we're going to go more into playoff seating. But who do you think the Nuggets can beat in the first round of the playoffs?
1: Um, that's the thing is I said that I can, I can see them losing the first round, but I wouldn't pick it at all. Okay. Like, uh, it's likely that they'll probably match up against the Clippers, the Spurs. And then, I mean, maybe the Jazz or the Blazers or something like that, but probably the, the Clippers or Spurs and I would pick them in either of those series. Really? But I feel like honestly, the, if they played the Jazz, Blazers, Rockets, um, that, that I mean, I would pick the Rockets to beat the nuggets, but against the blazers or jazz, that game would pretty much be a toss up in my mind and the thunder
0: that's that's how I feel about all those teams. Anyone that's not the Rockets or the Warriors, I think it's 50 50. I think I could see Oklahoma City sweeping the nuggets or the jazz, honestly. I know the jazz are great and we beat them last year, but at the end of the day, I think Oklahoma City kind of has a chip on their shoulder. They lost Carmelo Anthony. Jeremy Grant's been awesome replacing him. They have a top defense. If Russ shoots 15 a game instead of 25, they can beat just about any team. They hustle. They play good defense. Steven Adams gets good rebounds. They're dangerous. So I I think the Jazz could beat them. I think the Nuggets could beat them. But that's probably a team that I think a lot of teams are worried about. That's enough about the Thunder. This isn't a Thunder podcast. Let's move on.
1: So the Nuggets... Uh, You talked about the Lakers, Have they hit a new low. They definitely hit a new low against the Nuggets. Oh my gosh. So the Nuggets put up 43 points in the first quarter. I think they were up by like 17, 18 points. And the the Lakers looked so bad. They looked so bad. It looks like they weren't even trying. LeBron was only trying to score, I think he needed like 13 points to uh, beat MJ or pass MJ in the all-time scoring leaders. And uh, they were absolutely terrible. But they threw out a lineup of Alex Caruso, uh, Jonathan Williams. you know what Jonathan Williams is? Me neither. I, I do not do know anything Jonathan about what? Jonathan Me Williams. Me neither. That's my point. Mo <laughs> Wagner.
0: Hey, you leave the Michigan <laughs> man alone.
1: Uh, Josh Hart and, I don't know, I think maybe Make Him Dance Lance or KCP. <laughs> play oh, the guitar, Lance. It was just the worst lineup I've ever seen play in an NBA game. And anyways, they ended up coming back in that game, embarrassingly enough for the Nuggets. But in the fourth quarter, they even took out LeBron with like five minutes left for a minute. Like they are they're they're in full-on tank mode and they they suck. They suck.
0: Did you see the play where Chris Paul's the best at this, where they inbound the ball and you let it roll so the time doesn't
1: start? The <laughs> yeah.
0: ball rolled all the way out of bounds before LeBron could pick it up. I mean, you're a superstar, like, yeah, I know that happens, but that's so embarrassing. When you're making a run for the playoffs and that type of thing happens, that shows they're not super serious about it, right? Yeah,
1: well, I don't know. I, I actually saw it live. To the, the Lakers just lost to the Clippers a couple of games before, and he he did that roll-the-ball thing, and he mm-hmm. let it roll for like 20 minutes, it seemed like. And no, the Clippers never like even flinched at him or anything, so he just let it roll all the way to the three-point line and just jacked a three immediately. So Paul Millsap, after the game, said that he saw that, and he was like, I'm just going to flinch at him whenever he does that in the game and he did he's just a little flinch and LeBron panicked and then pushed the ball out of bounds himself it was good stuff yeah the Lakers their playoff
0: percent chance of making it is less than one percent I thought if they beat the Clippers that might give them some momentum they might have a shot they have just looked bad it doesn't look like LeBron's that interested they're kind of just writing this season off hoping to get a superstar this year And honestly, if they get Anthony Davis, if they get Kawhi Leonard, KD, any of those guys, who's going to remember this next year, right? If they win 55 games, they're a finals contender, right, to win it all. Not many people are going to talk about this other than the MJ-LeBron debate, but I think there's more important stuff than just talking about, oh, what about when he was on the Lakers in his 15th season? I'm on the MJ side of that debate, and I don't think him missing the playoffs is that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's tough. I just don't think it means that much.
1: I agree. It's embarrassing. Like this is probably the most embarrassing season of his entire career. Would you say? Definitely. Uh, I mean, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah, nobody's going to complain about him missing the playoffs this one time.
0: Let's uh, let's talk about tanking a little bit because the Lakers are kind of tanking, right? Like if you know you're not going to make the playoffs. Oh, like, after
1: the last night, they are definitely tanking.
0: Yeah, you should just lose as many games as possible, right? And especially with a player like Zion who. People think is going to be a LeBron James type impact of a player, you've got to try and lose as many games as you can, right? Like, people think he's going to come in and all of a sudden be a top 25 player in the league, have the impact that Luka Doncic has had, who helped the Mavericks win, you know, 10 or 15 more games this season all of a sudden.
1: Except for they don't really have a shot at Zion. Like, they're. They're. <laughs> You're telling me Adam Silver can't enough. pull out the Lakers' envelope. That's true. They're. They're definitely gonna get it. Either I guess the Cavs get it like every other year. Yeah. Maybe what the Cavs will Maybe that's again. just because LeBron was there. Who would you like to win the lottery if you could choose? Um. You of know the teams that have a chance. I. You can't pick the Jazz.
0: Someone asked me this, and I thought this was the best answer that I had heard someone else say. So I'm gonna claim it as my own. I want Memphis to win the lottery. Oh,
1: I would love that, actually. They deserve it. I
0: don't want Cleveland. It's like, hey, you can't have four first-round picks in seven years. Like, that's not right. That's not fair. Um, The Hawks, I just have no interest in the Atlanta Hawks. Couldn't care less. Like, Trey Young's been actually really good over the last three weeks. I just don't think they're fun or exciting or anything like that. Uh, Who else is on the list that could potentially win? The Knicks. The Knicks. The Suns. See, the Knicks, it could be really interesting if you're KD and you say, hey, I'm going to go to New York, but then all of a sudden you meet up with Kyrie and with Zion. It's, I don't know, is it Kyrie's team? Is it KD's team? Oh, it's KD's team. You think? Over Kyrie?
1: Oh, yeah. Whose team is the Warriors right now? Uh, It's Steph's, just because he's been there. He's he's been there so long. It's Steph's team. That's true. And
0: I I just wonder, it might be kind of hard, like, you go in thinking you're the number one guy and... Would there be more buzz and hype around Zion or more around KD? What do you think?
1: Probably – I mean, everybody's going to be so excited to watch every game Zion Oh, league. yeah. His first like 10 or so games are going to be insane to watch. The
0: Summer League. I, people might tune in to watch the Summer League. He's
1: going to miss one shot or, or make one layup, and everybody's going to freak out either way that he's a bust or an all-star. Or, it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah. The Knicks, they'd be fun if they got it. Same thing. Like They haven't been good for a lot of years. They've had a lot of injuries with KP and Amari Stoudemire and missed on free agents. You heard the story about how Dwayne Wade and LeBron were going to go there, right? Yeah. Same thing, like bad ownership. Like they've just had a tough situation, a tough last 20 or 30
1: years. You know, maybe they deserve it, right? Like, I, will, I will never root for a big market team to win the lottery. They get to win the lottery every every season yeah, yeah. if they want to. I'll never win, root for them to win the lottery.
0: No, that, that's a really good point is the fact that Big teams are going to be free agent destinations. For some reason, everyone wants to go to LA, which I get, right? Like, living there is awesome. The stardom, the beaches, whatever, right? Like, it's a good spot for LeBron as he ends his career, go into the film industry, create his tycoon, all those different things. But free agents are going to go to those big markets. Memphis, like, you don't think Memphis was on LeBron's list?
1: <laughs> Tennessee, I mean, you don't want to go Justin to Tennessee. Justin Timberlake,
0: he can hang out with JT. Uh, Taylor Swift, too. You know, is all the those- Grizzlies, fan? I don't know. She does country music. I imagine Billy Ray, all the Cyrus. That's what I'm saying. A lot of stars in Memphis. Maybe (laughs) I, maybe I misspoke (laughs) when I said nobody wants to go to Memphis. Memphis. Either way. I like the idea of that, of giving even sort of, you look at like Giannis who Milwaukee's by no means a big city, big market destination. He's happy there. He likes it there. I, I mean, we'll see in three years if he still wants to stay there, they're winning games. Their team's gotten a lot better. They re-signed Eric Bledsoe. That's fun to me. Like these small market teams when they get to keep a good guy. That's why I was sad to see Gordon Hayward leave. It's like, "Hey, we got something good here." And then he just takes off and bolts to a big market. Like, that's tough.
1: Not that I'm still bitter about that. Oh, you need you really need to get over this. Every time you have to bring this up. You know,
0: you, you act like I just hate Gordon Hayward. I you I do. Want, I want him to play well. That shot that he hit last night, the game winner, that was impressive. And I think
1: oh, so you're telling me that if Gordon Hayward maybe wins a championship, plays well that you'd be excited for him.
0: Would I be excited? I, I, I don't want to see him average nine, 10, 11 points. I want him to see I want to see him get back up to where he was. And I think a lot of people are overreacting. You look at when Paul George came back from his injury. He played what seven, eight games at the end of the second yeah. season after his injury. Gordon Hayward, same thing. A lot of people thought he was going to come back last year, had the second surgery, had the screws removed, all those different things. And so now all of a sudden, like you can kind of see him start to move a little bit better watching some of the Celtics games. He looks less scared. He looks less timid. He's attacking more, which is kind of who he was. He's surprisingly athletic considering his skin color. (laughs) I don't know if that's, we all know that's the game you're playing. Yeah. Maybe uh, this
1: is racist. So that's a no, right? That you would not be excited for him. <laughs> to answer that question in a in a short way. I, you hate, when you, no. I
0: hate when you make me answer questions <laughs> yes or no. You know I'm not interested in answering You never the answer, answer a question. Would no, I be like. excited if he won a championship? For which team? The Celtics? No, I wouldn't be that excited. Yeah, you wouldn't. Would I be mad? Also no. Would I be excited? No. I'd just you're be like, ah, oh, that's another championship. I know that you're a liar.
1: I I don't know. Would you be excited for him? Like, yeah, I'd root for anybody to... Uh, to uh, any former jazz player to have success somewhere else would make me excited.
0: So let's talk about this. This is something we were actually talking about just before this, is the fact that some people are fans of teams rather than players or fans of players rather than teams. So this Gordon Hayward example, I'm a jazz fan. So if Gordon Hayward leaves, I'm not a Gordon Hayward fan. Growing up, I was a Tracy McGrady fan, but not, I was a Rockets fan too, but as soon as he left, that kind of went out the window. So where do you stand on the whole like, oh, I just follow this player, I just follow this team? Yo,
1: know, I'm glad you brought this Please. up. I hate player fans. For some reason, I if you're a player fan out there, don't get too offended. But let me explain. If I just I just can't stand. It. So I'm obviously a diehard Nuggets fan. Always have been. T Mac was actually my favorite as well growing up. I did not know He's that. Just fun to watch. But I'm still not. I was never a Rockets fan or a Magic mm. fan. But great, he was great in 2K. Let me tell you. Did you I have any of his 2K. shoes? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, he, he had, those? He had some shoes that
0: you could twist. Yeah, they, the only Adidas product I've ever liked. You could twist them and they would tighten around your foot. They really? were incredible. And they had wood from this bamboo tree. Or not bamboo. I don't know. Some rainforest tree because he made it rain. It was really good. <laughs> great marketing. That is great. Let's shout out for one of our sponsors <laughs> right there. 7 TMax Shoes. <laughs>
1: But what bothers me about uh, player p- players, people that are only fans of a player. First of all, you just switch from team to team. I mean, nowadays, how many guys are with one team for a very like long? Time? Yeah. I mean, obviously, these players that are picking aren't Chris Middleton or something <laughs> like like they only pick the top five, ten players in the league. Like everybody's either a LeBron fan or Steph or young or whoever it is, and there's just no honor in it. Like, mm. like you don't have to really struggle. Like, you always know that you're going to be reasonably successful. You're not really going through hard times with him. It's like, oh, Le- LeBron's not going to make the playoffs this year. LeBron didn't win the championship every year. Yeah, but there's really struggle. no struggle. Like, he's going to be in the finals. I mean, he's in the finals eight straight years. Like, you always have one of the top five players on your team. And then what, what's going to happen when he retires? You just pick the next best player? Switch just, to now Zion. Now you're a Giannis fan. Now you're a Zion fan. You're going to follow them. Oh, now I picked the next best player. There's just no honor in it. Like... It just bothers me. There's like I respect somebody. If obviously if you're a Nuggets fan, like you, you go through the struggle, you go through the highs and the lows. I mean, that's just how I feel.
0: I unfortunately agree with you. I wish I didn't. <laughs> you know, it, it's not that fun when we agree. But here's what I think too. We talked about this before. And the Kings are a really good example of a team who hey we've drafted, we've made some trades. Like these are our guys. We've got Marvin Bagley. We've got Buddy Heald. We've got De'Aaron Fox. Like, that's our core, and we're going to ride or die with them for the next five years, ten years. Like, that's exciting to see a team grow, and I feel that same way about this Jazz team. Is like, hey, Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, like, we're going to have those guys for the next couple years. Yeah. Whether we win a championship, like, yeah, we're going to need another piece to do that, but it's exciting because we're getting better, and it's like, I'm kind of connected with those guys on some sense where, oh, look, LeBron's on the heat now with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Like, cool, man. Awesome. Good for you to root for them. Like, yeah. I bet that feels good they won a championship. Like, I'm not a baseball fan. I root for the Yankees rather than the Red Sox. But, like, one of those teams win a championship every three or four years. And it's like, it's not because they drafted and had this guy. It's like, oh, we signed John Carlos Stanton. We signed Roger Clemens. Like, all these guys, right? You just... Kind of sign him out and you don't you don't see him develop. Like I'm sure you felt that with Jokic from where he was three years ago to where he is now. Oh, yeah. It's like, wow, it's cool to see
1: you kind of grow with them, you know, it becomes a part of you a little yeah. bit. So and especially when we've talked about this before, when you're a jazz fan or a nuggets fan, you just accept in life that you may never see a championship. Have you accepted <laughs> just, that? It's something no, I just said that it's something that you have to accept. That's so why I said that to my wife Melissa. I was like, Okay, you know what you're getting into because she's starting to get into the nuggets. I'm like, don't, you have to understand that we might not ever see a championship. It's just a, it's just a fact. Like if I, like if you're a Lakers fan or obviously you're just a player fan, you have pretty high chances of seeing a champion. Like, you know, you're only going to be down for so long, but if you're a Nuggets fan, Jazz fan, most of these teams, like you just have to accept that fact. That's why there's so much struggle. There's so much, uh, makes me more passionate. I feel like about it.
0: Not that I'm a Cubs fan. I already said I'm not a baseball fan, but same thing. Like hey, they didn't win for 85 or 100 years, to finally have broken through and get that win, if you've been a lifelong fan, like, hey, my dad was a fan, I'm a fan, my uncles, we go to the games, whatever, right? Like, that's rewarding. That's the payoff in sports. Not like, yeah, I'm a LeBron fan, so I was a Cavs fan, a Heat fan. I won a couple titles. It's like that, in my mind, isn't as satisfying as rooting for a team regardless of the ups and the downs. So... Glad we agree on that. Unfortunately, but I think we're both right. We so. agree on something, I guess. That's fine. Let's uh, let's pause. We're gonna do a read quick here from some of our reviews. Uh, I'd like to start with first a shout out for Zach, W93, Zach W ninety three. Zach our first reviewer. That that was really something special to you. But we'll just go ahead and read some of these. We'll keep. You got going. a Who Knows sh- uh, t shirt coming your way, Zach. And you know, if you have any questions, concerns about the content, anyone, you're welcome to DM us on Instagram. Who knows sports? We. Uh, don't really check our DMs because there haven't been any, but we'll be <laughs> sure to check them because I'm sure they'll pile up. It's about in. the flood. Let's uh, start. Zach W93, Zachary, pardon me. I, I want to make sure I get that right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Zach Zachary? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, he had a really insightful review. I'll read it really quick. Really entertaining. But Thank you, Zach. I can't think of a better way to sum us up than that. That's Nailed really it. good. Nailed it. Um, this next one is anonymous. I'll, I'll let you tell me what you think about it. It's from Chr Olson, which those are my name, huh? But let's go ahead and read it. Um, Brad seems funny, true, but Chris is more naturally funny. Not untrue. Not our best review, Carlson. <laughs> yeah. whoever that is. Out you you want to go ahead and respond to that one? Same initials as. Uh,
1: as a uh, good friend here sitting next to me,
0: I will not confirm or deny if that was my review. <laughs> and the third one is from Jedi Lord of the Rings. Um, I it did seems not like.
1: He's on the wrong podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did. I did not know how he stumbled into this podcast, but he says, "Boy, that's a clever name that complements and captures the clever banter-filled essence of the hot topics Brad and Chris discuss." I think there should have been a comma. He also way. nailed it. <laughs> Once again, another great review. Jedi Lord of the Rings,
1: uh, hit us up on Twitter. You got a shirt coming your yeah, way as well. If you're
0: listening, say hello. You can buy anytime. You have to pay for the
1: shirts, by the way. <laughs> yeah, shipping not, not included. Yeah. So uh, you too, Zach.
0: So I want to transition a little bit. I don't know how much um, Utah Jazz basketball you've seen other than the Nuggets game in too the much. last week. Too way much. Too, way too much. Did you see any of the Pelicans, any of the Bucks, any of those games? Uh, no. Okay, that's fine. I can talk about it more than more than we need. But really quick, we beat the Nuggets. Donovan Mitchell played awesome down the stretch. The scoop shot. Down the stretch.
1: Yeah, the fourth quarter. He was great. He,
0: I, I think he had, what, seven or nine points in the first half and then finished with... 17 or 19 in the second half and his
1: last two or three shots were just clutch and
0: was it will barton who had that block on him when he drove to the left and oh just, yeah like pinned it on the back packed him
1: which is becoming one of his best skills by that's the
0: way. that's oh, that block hurts a little bit but donovan mitchell took over at the end of the game was able to kind of put the game away awesome we beat the one seed in the west we turn around
1: that's right one seed for t- yeah <laughs> for
0: t- two hours for the 25 minutes after the warriors lost it was a good game I was nervous. I won the bet. Brad paid out. It was a win-win. Then we went into Milwaukee. We were down 17, and we had another great comeback. Donovan Mitchell had a dunk, a couple threes. He kind of carried us the final seven, eight minutes of the game. To win that game was huge, to beat both the one seeds in each conference. Our team was feeling really good, and then we come back. We're up 17 in the fourth quarter against New Orleans. Anthony Davis hasn't played much in the second half. We blow a 17 point lead and lose by six, I think, which was frustrating. We played 40 good minutes of basketball, and then Julius Randle and Drew Holiday bully balled Ricky Rubio and Rudy Gobert and just kind of put it away. So I guess I'd kind of ask you what are your thoughts on that? Is hey, you have a couple good wins. You know, we beat the Pelicans last night, it was back to back against them. What, talk to me just about that in basketball. Like, hey, you just beat some great teams, and then you blow a lead. Is that the difference between a good and a great
1: team? What do you think? I mean, you know I hate to talk about the Jazz in, in good fashion. But Please. They, they have been great. I mean, they got a couple wins that they probably shouldn't have won. I that, agree. The Milwaukee one, I mean, I think they were coming off a of back-to-back. They didn't have Bledsoe or Brogdon, so maybe that one they We also they don't, they don't have one. point guards. Uh, that only helps we're you. Be- you know how You're I way feel better about Rubio. Um, did he not play in that game?
0: He only played like twenty minutes. I don't know if it was he wasn't playing well or was a little uh, injured. So he,
1: he, he played the twenty minutes when you guys went down seventeen. His <laughs>
0: hamstring has been injured for two years, on and off, just conveniently when Quinn decides.
1: No, but I, I mean, obviously, the Nuggets game was probably one that they shouldn't have won, beating the De- Denver out. In, in, yeah. in Denver. In Denver, it's a tough one to win. Um, but but they're rolling, and, that, and they have like I think the easiest schedule left. Right.
0: We the schedule. I forget all the details. I've looked at it, but we play like. Wizards, Hawks, Bulls, Wizards, Wizards, Bulls, Magic. Like so real tough. <laughs> Yeah, nine games in a row. It's yeah. like, we better win eight of those. That Eastern Conference gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. That Southeastern Division yeah. gauntlet
1: there. With the, the, the Florida teams and the Hawks. But um, uh, that's just going to do a lot for them because they have an easy schedule and to steal a couple like that even though they drop one to the Pelicans. Um, I mean, they, they're just going to climb. Their confidence has to be high.
0: So I would say two things and – I think this is something we both kind of do, is when our team loses, we say, hey, what's sort of the consolation prize? Like, all right, you know, the Nuggets lost to the Jazz. It's like, well, you know, Nikola Jokic did this, or like, Paul Millsap did that. And so, even after the Thunder game, when the Jazz lost in the double overtime, I kind of thought, hey, you know, good learning experience for Donovan Mitchell. He knows not to shoot a 20-foot contested jumper to try and end the game. He should attack the rim. Um, same thing with this loss to New Orleans. It's like, hey, if you win that game, maybe it's not a learning experience. I think with both of our teams, we don't expect them to win a championship. And so taking that... oh whoa, whoa, whoa. This year, this year. <laughs> oh, okay. you know, in the coming year, sure, we're both hopeful. But I think having that loss is a better learning experience where you can step back and kind of say, hey, we're ahead of schedule. We're hopefully going to win a playoff series, maybe two this year. But at the end of the day, like, we need to have those moments. That the Warriors. So in 2012, um, they took the Spurs to I forget if it were six or seven games, but it was a really hard fought series, and they lost. Right after that, they kind of started their dynasty with Steph and Clay and Draymond and Iggy. And so those experiences, I think, can be just as important as winning some of those games because winning
1: covers a lot of flaws. Oh yeah, and that's one of the things I'm worried about with the Nuggets. I feel like how many times have we seen a team like go to their their first round in the playoffs and not struggle, like not lose. Like usually, you have to like lose your lose your first time, like yeah. not win a series. Maybe win a one series the second time, win two series. You kind of have to like go through the the grind a bit to get to the top. Like you don't see a team's really just like oh we put this team together, we made it to the playoffs, we went to the Western Conference Finals our first time, or we went to the finals our first time. Yeah, it just doesn't happen very often. I, yeah, I think you have to go through those learning experiences to eventually get to the the ultimate goal.
0: And that's part of it too. Both of our teams are made up with a lot of young guys, and so you look at that. Hey. Murray's not in his prime. Jokic isn't in his his prime. Gobert isn't in his prime. Mitchell isn't in his prime. All of these guys, it's like, hey, if you can go string together a couple good playoff games, great. Get ready for next year. Because honestly, the game is played differently. It slows down. The defenses are tighter. It's less up-tempo, more half-court run your sets. And so it is a little bit different of a brand of basketball. Plus the pressure, it is something that I think is worth accounting for.
1: Did you see what LeBron said about playing with young players? No, he was like, well, they kind of, he's going to ask like, well, why are you guys struggling so much? He's like, well, we have three of our top eight, pl- our, our top eight rotation players are all in their second or third year. You just can't expect much from them. Like he's talking about, I guess, like Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart or something. And the Nuggets, I just came to my mind. They have, I think, five of their top 10 players, top 10 rotation players mm. are all in their second or third year. And they're one game behind the one seed right now. Just that was funny. And the Jazz, I don't know how many of them are in their second or third year, but
0: No, right. Like we have a couple, and this is something we we wanted to talk about too, was you look at this Lakers team who their whole goal is to been create cap space for a Paul George, for a LeBron, for an Anthony Davis. They've been kind of eyeing that for a long time. And it's like, hey, you let D'Angelo Russell walk, you let Julius Randle walk, you let Brooke Lopez walk, you let um Zubot go. So all these different things, whether it was in trade or free agency. D'Angelo Russell was an all-star. Julius Randle averages 20 and 9. Zubat is a young, talented 20-year-old 7-foot center. Yeah, I like Zubat. Yeah, he sounds like a Pokemon. (laughs) Zubat, like the Pokemon. But all those guys, like even Brooke Lopez, you look, the Lakers struggle shooting the three because no one on that team can shoot the three. That's not named Josh Hart. And paint defense, right? Like they have Tyson Chandler in zombie form at 36 or whatever years old. And so having a guy like Brooke Lopez... That can play good defense in the paint but can also step out and stretch the defense on three from the three. Those are guys that if you're Magic Johnson, you kind of have to take some of the blame yourself and say, "Hey, we made some mistakes." Now it's easy to play GM from the armchair and say, "Look at what D'Angelo Russell's become because he, you know, two years ago it was kind of like he's a head case, he shoots too much, he still shoots too much, but he scores 23, 24 points a game and he was an all-star. so it's got to be tough to look back in hindsight a little bit. Well, let's, uh, let's just talk about playoff seeding, um, sort of like tanking as we just touched on. Let's start in the Eastern Conference. Somehow the Pacers are still a three seed without Victor Oladipo. Oh, they play well still. And everyone was like, yeah, Tyreek Evans will step up. And he hasn't been good. <laughs> He's been terrible. I don't know who scores the basketball for him. <laughs> I don't know either. Bogdanovich. Corey Joseph.
1: Whatever Bogdanovich is on the Pacers.
0: <laughs> that... It's amazing to me. They are significantly less talented than the Seventy Sixers, than the Celtics, than the Pistons, and yet they're ahead of those. Than the teams. Pistons. The Pistons have two All Stars. I mean, Andre Drummond I mean, wasn't an All
1: Star this year. Yeah, but the rest of that team is absolute trash. Reggie Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Reggie Jackson. I can't
0: name any others. Uh, Don't ask Luke Kennard. Uh, I they're like him. I, I think like now. Luke Kennard. The 38 year old I'm thon, sure maker. They have thon Maker. I forget where he's at.
1: We traded for him, but um, I mean, with Oladipo, the paces are very good. But without him, I think we all expected them to drop off. But mm. no, they keep winning. Um, I hate to
0: bring everything back to the Jazz, but I'd like to run this comparison by you. How do you think Donovan Mitchell compares to Victor Oladipo? Just play style, ability.
1: I think it's actually the best comparison for him. Like people, I some, I see a lot of like Damian Lillard comparisons. I don't see it. I wish he
0: could shoot like yeah, Damian yeah. Lillard.
1: But I mean, Oladipo is amazing. I yeah. mean, he's, he's really great. Yeah. like I think if Donovan Mitchell could become like Oladipo, um, I'm not sure he can be as good as he is defensively, mm-hmm. but he can probably be better than he is offensively uh, at his peak.
0: And Victor Oladipo is 26, 27, and Donovan Mitchell is almost as good as he is. And that's one thing I get excited about is, Hey, the fact that he is where he is at this age, like everyone says, oh, he spent more time in college. He didn't come out of the league. Great. You know, some of the older, greater players, I hate to go back to these comparisons because neither of us knew anything about basketball in the 80s or 90s.
1: Ah, Jerry West. Uh... Well, I I was going to
0: say, okay, like you look at David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan. A lot of these guys did three or four years in college and it's fine. And so that's what I think with Mitchell. That was kind of a knock coming out is like, He's a little bit older, you know, these types of things. But the fact that he is where he is right now and is being compared to Victor Oladipo, that excites me.
1: I think it's the best comparison.
0: But sorry sorry to derail and just go back to the jazz. <laughs> Let's talk about the seeding here. So Bucks probably going to hold the one seed. Yeah. Raptors, two. Yeah. I would be surprised if the Pacers held the three seed. What's the
1: difference? So they're it's a game, game up on the Sixers and... Two and a half up on the Celtics. Right Which now.
0: the hottest team in the league all this time. Uh yeah, I
1: think the Sixers will be the three seed. Is that what you think?
0: Yeah, that's probably fair. I think the Sixers have too much talent. They I don't think they have the same problem that the Celtics have because their players are a little bit more positionalized. You know Ben Simmons is the point guard. Joel Embiid has been out for the last five games. I think when they get him back, they'll pass the Pacers. I actually think the Celtics are going to pass the Pacers, too. They're, what, two and a half games back. They are getting it going. I think as they get closer to the playoffs, they're going to trim the rotation down. And I think you're going to see guys like Tice playing less. I think Brad Stevens is going to have to make a decision on whether Jalen Brown goes down to 18 minutes a night or Gordon Hayward goes down to 18 minutes a night. But I think at some point, you need to start tightening the rotation and sooner rather than later, especially the playoffs. Oh, They just
1: hate each other. I wouldn't be surprised if they stay the five seed. They just, Isn't that they're wild? They're in a bad spot. They hate each other. This, nobody's having a good time. They, uh, they might be the un- most unhappy team in the league, including the New Orleans Pelicans. That, that's one thing that's crazy to me. And it's easy
0: once again to point and like look and be like, hey, you're making millions of dollars. You're playing a game. Like, How hard would it be to be unhappy?
1: Am I wrong? No, that's what amazes me. And, and do you hear what Adam Silver said at the Sloan Conference? So
0: I've listened to it a little bit with like social media and like these guys are lonely and like I call him and talk to him on the phone and this or that, but I didn't hear all of it. Yeah, he just
1: said that there's like a lot of really unhappy players in the league that will call him, text him or whatever. Say, I I, I heard one story where uh, he he said that, that one unnamed star player. Who do told you think him, it was? Uh, Who's the most un Andre Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Russell, Westbrook. <laughs> Russell Westbrook said that after a game ends, he'll go and like they go, like, play back to back. He'll get on the flight and go to the game, and he will not talk to a single person in that time, including his teammates, coaches, or whatever. Like just social media world where everybody's just stuck to their phones, not talking to each other. You'd think that it would be more like more camaraderie, but mm. it seems like nowadays it's not happening.
0: And that's one thing I'm sure you follow a lot of the Nuggets guys on Instagram, and anyone Love that follows. It. Like a Ricky Rubio, Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell, Gobert. Those guys always post funny stuff with each other or they go to Utah State games, BYU games, UVU games together, which I think is cool and says a lot about a team, is having yeah. that chemistry. And it, you can almost look around the league. It's like, if I ask you like, hey, is Giannis happy? Like, I think the answer <laughs> is yes. Like that dude's a happy <laughs> dude. But I'm like, yeah, is Kyrie happy? No. Is Marcus Morris happy? No. no. And I think it's... Not that hard to look around and see that. And you can point at Boston and say, hey, there's too many guys. Like, of course, Kyrie's not happy. He wants his 24 shots a game and they're not winning. Like winning sort of fixes everything. There's not a lot of unhappy guys on winning teams, right? No. I you mean you even think so. And going back, like, okay, Kobe Bryant demanded a trade from LA in 06. They get Pau Gasol. He's happy all of a sudden. <laughs> they win a couple championships, right? Like, At the end of the day, I think a lot of it has to do with those types of things. Yeah. Um, With seed six,
1: seven, eight, nine. So I'm going to say Pacers are actually four um, and Celtics five. And then, yeah, six, seven,
0: and eight. Just teams with losing records.
1: Uh, Who do you think makes the playoffs between the. You think. Who do you have more confidence in, the, the Heat or the Magic, to make the playoffs? Boy, the East is sad at the bottom.
0: Isn't it crazy that neither of those teams really have a point guard?
1: I'm Justice Winslow. He's been amazing this year. Point so my I, amazing, strong word. <laughs> I do
0: have him on my fantasy basketball team. It was a great pickup. He's still, you know, not your traditional point guard. He's a bigger-bodied sort of point forward, like a Joe Ingles, who gets five, six assists a game, and he's been great. I, uh, I think that he'll make it. I think Eric Spolstra is a better coach than the coach of the Magic, who I can't even name. Do you know his name?
1: Uh, I want to say Frank Vogel. That could have been I, from like four years ago. I
0: actually think you're right.
1: Yeah. I also like...
0: He's my first round pick for the All-Star draft, by
1: the way, all, the All-Coaches draft.
0: I know the Magic have like five forwards that, can, that have a 48-inch vertical <laughs> that can't shoot between like Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, Aaron Gordon, like... Why do they have all these forwards at yeah, six nine? And like, sh-
1: shooting and great point guards don't matter in twenty
0: twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're zigging when everyone's zagging. <laughs> yeah, hey. Once again, we come back to that. So, Eastern Conference. I think we expect. Who do you have in the Eastern Conference Finals?
1: Uh, I I've always I've been riding with the Raptors all year long, mainly because I made a bet with my wife before the season. I think for a back scratch. Yeah, not that exciting, but fun. Thanks for sharing. And uh, yeah, you got it. And, uh, but not, I really think the Bucks are the best team in the East, and I think they're going to make it. And they beat the Sixers. Who do you think they're going to play? I think they'll play the Raptors. I think the Eastern Conference Finals will be Bucks raptors and then the Bucks go to the Finals.
0: I I think I agree with you. What's just amazing to me is this Bucks team, the roster is virtually the same as last year, and they have a decent coach, and they're really good. My one concern going forward is I still think they need a better second man than Middleton or Bledsoe. That's
1: what's weird about it, is it's like teams that make it to the finals don't have their second best player being yeah Chris Middleton.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like Chris
1: Middleton's great, but you don't think of him as the second best player on a championship team.
0: And I, I think what makes up for that is there's not a lot of fall-off from two, three, four, five. Like from 1 to 2, from Giannis to Middleton, like yeah, that's a huge drop-off, but then it's like, Who's their second best guy? One night it's Bledsoe, one night it's Middleton. Brick Lopez can score 20 points. um, Malcolm Brogdon's going to be the 50, 40, 90 club. Like any of those guys can have 18 or 20 points on a given night. So they're deep.
1: Yeah. And they're just a perfect fit. Like they have their one megastar in Giannis. And everybody else, I just love their their roster because it's just set up perfectly to make Giannis Mm. successful. Like you just surround him with a million shooters and. Really long defenders, so your defense should be amazing. And then Giannis gets to dominate inside and kick out to four shooters whenever he wants. It's just, uh, the, their roster construction is just perfect.
0: Have you seen or heard anything about him, like, pushing off on some of his drives? Oh, he, he lowers
1: the shoulder. So, the Donovan Mitchell special if you watch the Nuggets game, though. Believe
0: believe it or not, I don't watch a lot of Bucks games. I'll tune in if it's a close game or whatever. You know, I'm not trying to see Milwaukee games. But watching the Jazz game, it seemed that's kind of the way to beat Gobert is to be physical. Yeah, he's athletic and can jump and has this wingspan. But Julius Randle bullied him in the fourth quarter, and that's what led to the New Orleans comeback. And so I think Giannis kind of has that same thing. He's strong. Yes, he's super athletic, but he creates a lot of separation legally, illegally. You know, you can be the judge of that. But I think that's one thing he's really good at that isn't called, and that's sort of his superstar call, right? Wow. Like, you look at LeBron, anytime he goes to the hoop, he gets kind of the and-one call for him, and Giannis just doesn't get the offensive foul called on him. No, nah, he's I allowed. Think. It's the superstar treatment. Yes. Yeah. It, it is what it is. Let's transition here to the Western Conference. Um, One-seed Warriors, yeah. you think the Nuggets can pass
1: them? Uh, I mean, they're one game behind them right now, but Nuggets have... a Really tough. One of the top five toughest schedules in the league, including two games in Gold State. Mm. Uh, I, I think we'll lose both of those, I mean. <laughs> and uh, So I don't see it happening. I think the Warriors will get the one Here,
0: Here's my thoughts. If the Warriors, I don't think they care, I think it means more to the Nuggets. So if the Warriors, let's say in the next 10 games, they kind of start resting and take their foot off the gas... They're fine to coast. I don't think it matters to them if they're the two or the one. They're going to have home court regardless. I mean, I still think they be whoever yeah. with or without home court, but that wouldn't shock me if the Nuggets pass them because the Warriors drop four of their next ten. The Nuggets win six or seven. All of a sudden, they pass them, right? So two, I think the Nuggets are two. They're up four games on the Rockets. I don't see the Rockets making that huge of a run.
1: Yeah, I think they'll be two as well.
0: With the Rockets, in. I almost look at them the same way as the Warriors. Like, they're built to beat the Warriors, right? Like, Daryl Morey's been really open of, like, hey, I built this team to try and stop them. I don't think they care what seed they are. I think they just want a shot against the Warriors. And I think they're the team with the best chance to beat them, which is not a good chance, just for the record.
1: Do you have them as the three seed?
0: I. Let me look here. So we've got.
1: They're all tied. Yeah, I us. was going to say, Thunder.
0: <laughs> Trailblazers are all tied, and the Jazz are two games back. I'm going to be really interested to watch the Jazz. They have an easy schedule, and I think it says a lot about the team if you win those easy games that you should. And if they win those games, the Jazz are going to be the three seed, right? They have the easiest schedule. They should get there, which would probably give them a matchup against the Thunder or the Blazers, because the Thunder have the toughest schedule and they've been struggling. They've won four of their last ten, which isn't great. And so I'm going to say the Jazz
1: are the three seed. Wow. Bold prediction. Wow. Hot take. I think the Rockets will get the three seed. Really? But it's it's really a crapshoot. Three through six is a – I mean – Yeah. You could lump the Nuggets in there, but we're four games ahead of the three seed. But, I mean, three through six is a real crapshoot. Because the Jazz are two games back, but their their schedule is so cupcake from here on out. So – I mean, I could see any all four of those teams swapping. But if I was to rank, I would say Rockets 3, Jazz 4, mm. Thunder 5, Blazers 6 is what it finishes with.
0: And here's the thing. If I'm... The Jazz, I don't want to play the Rockets. If they're the three, I don't want to be the six. If they're the four, I don't want to be the five. Yeah, that's the
1: team I want to avoid as well. We
0: we can beat the Blazers. We can beat the Thunder. I know I said earlier like I wouldn't be shocked if the Thunder swept anyone in the first round because they are that good and that dangerous. But Russell Westbrook can also shoot them out of any game on any given night. I think the Jazz could beat the Thunder, the Blazers, the Spurs, the Clippers. The Nuggets, I go back and forth. Coin flip. Yeah, seriously. And the Warriors are going to win it all. So after that, we have 7-8, and eight, Spurs, Clippers, down to the Kings, 9, Timberwolves.
1: No eh? <laughs> Lakers, I it is No, we're, we're not including the Lakers. <laughs> we have to include the Pelicans. yeah And uh, the Suns. Yeah, I mean, the three seed, I mean, the Nuggets will probably get the Spurs in the first round. I, I mean, I would assume the Spurs will probably get the seven seed. But that three seed is going to be a nice place to get to. Because if you can avoid playing the Warriors... In the second round and get a, ch- a shot at the Nuggets instead, then... I mean, all those teams would want that, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, right? Having to not play the Warriors until the Western Conference Finals. Having to wait that off. It's exciting to win a second-round series.
1: I wonder what it's like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, <laughs> do, do you wonder what it's like? it <laughs> would be so fun.
1: <laughs> I think it would be fun. 7-8-9...
0: Um, I want the Kings to make it more than the Clippers or the Spurs, but they're four games. Back. Oh,
1: I think those. I think the eight teams are locked in. It's just seating now. Like I, I don't think the King. The Kings have a way hard schedule. Yeah, uh, they're just not going to make it. I think the Clippers, surprisingly enough, are, are locked in.
0: Did you see at the start of the season, Vladi Divac, the Kings' GM, tweeted the <laughs> yes. picture out, and it happened to have their draft order as well as like the number of games he yeah. anticipated them winning. I think it was like. Twenty-seven or twenty-eight. They've won thirty-two. They're probably going to get to around forty, which is awesome, and they're way ahead of schedule. They should be a good team.
1: Aren't you supposed to set high goals? If you like, isn't the principle if you set high goals that you should be able to do better than you normally would? They went with the opposite schedule. Let's set a low goal and far surpass it.
0: And all those guys, I mean, they've overperformed. You could argue that De'Aaron Fox has the potential to be the best player out of that draft class. For sure, he. As of today, he's probably the second best player out of that draft. I mean, he's definitely, definitely
1: top three. Like, it's just I'd him put him ahead of Tatum. Tatum.
0: Like right now, what, what has Tatum done you? To could put him you? ahead of Donovan as well. You could. I wouldn't. <laughs> you certainly could. I definitely would I mean, those
1: three, if you're talking about, I mean, Tatum over the next five five, ten years or whatever could blossom to the best as well.
0: Sure, but he just hasn't done a ton this year to <laughs> impress me. I, last year in the playoffs, great. But we, same thing with, I don't know. Sure, whatever.
1: I mean, he doesn't have the same opportunity that Donovan does.
0: That's what I was going to say is the fact that like...
1: I mean, Donovan's taking 30 shots a lot of these games. He's never taken 30 shots.
0: What guy, you know, given 27 shots wouldn't score that much, right? So, I I hate that argument of like, we'll just give Tatum those shots, but Donovan has to do that and there's a difference between doing that on a winning team compared to like Devin Booker doing it on like the Suns, right? Like, Sure. Yeah. Shoot twenty-seven shots, score forty points, and lose by eighteen. Yeah. Awesome, man. Like that's so exciting. What did he score? He had seventy burger. Uh, seventy-one, I think.
1: Seventy burger and a loss. Seventy yeah. and a loss. <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: great. That was really exciting. Glad count. you could do it. Um. Anything else? Oh, we we do need to finish with the jersey swap, huh?
1: Oh yeah. You see Dwayne Wade swapped his jersey with uh, Kevin Herder. So of he's the Hawks. He's he is slim Pickens. Did you see the video of it? Yeah.
0: So Kevin Herter's walking out. Dwayne Wade tracks him down. The story is Kevin Herter idolized Dwayne Wade and he wears number three because of his respect towards Dwayne Wade. Do you think Dwayne Wade like knew this guy's name before
1: three months ago? I mean, he was the first round pick, right? I think he was like top 20 pick. You tell me. I don't know. I'm pretty about sure he was him. top 20 pick. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you don't know anything about Dwayne Wade, 6'6", six, but six. <laughs> is he like 6'10 now? Oh my gosh. But, uh, you know, actually, I actually got a complaint from one of our our listeners this week, um, that I wasn't mean enough to you, which... That's about not, which thing? That's not a complaint I get very often, because I, I usually try to be as mean as possible, that I, I wasn't hard enough on you for saying, for messing up a couple names, uh... Which You're ones? like, oh, Byron Russell was uh, uh, on the jump. <laughs> oh, you mean Byron Scott? You're like, oh, no, Byron Russell from the Jazz. I'm like, oh, you mean Brian Russell? So this is a uh, shout-out to uh, the, our fan that, that complained about me not being mean enough. Trust me. I'll, I'll keep giving it to him.
0: Anyone that has had any sort of sports interaction with you knows how mean you can get so quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that was my fear with this podcast is that it would just become like a 45-minute roast of me and my sports takes and I appreciate that you haven't just like put me on blast for everyone to oh uh, well that
1: reminds me again now now it's Please. coming You're yeah let it, it fly I'll uh, edit this out I'm pretty sure you also said that what were we talking about oh the Stanley Cup is the only I someone brought this ah, up. For this. interesting <laughs> go ahead I, no, no 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 let me talk go ahead. um so are, are you, you you play golf right I certainly did. The Claret Jug. Oh, 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 oh just, just one more to answer. I'm just going to ask you a couple. I'm just going to ask you a series of questions. You play golf, right? And thanks for listening to the who you, you play golf, right? I did. You consider yourself a golf mega fan? Yes. I'm pretty sure you told me that you think the Masters is the greatest sporting event in the world. I do. Hmm. And apparently there's this golf trophy, which I don't even know the name of. The, the most coveted trophy in golf that is drunk out of every year from the winner. Um... The claret jug, you know, <laughs> who doesn't know the claret jug? I did know. Um, so uh, uh, Chris claims to be our golf expert, but don't buy it.
0: So. I uh, this was brought up to me by another listener, and he wouldn't tell me what it was. He said, "You know, there's another one." Well, like, what what you is should know. It? And then it dawned on me: if you win the British Open, now called the Open Championship, you win the claret jug. So. I'm glad we're being held accountable by our listeners. I appreciate that. I got you. I'll admit that I'm wrong about this one thing and nothing else.
1: Wow. Mark it
0: down. Yeah. It never happened before. You heard it here once. You'll probably never hear it again. Wow. Who knows
1: when that'll happen again. (laughs) Nice.
0: But we appreciate all the listens. Thanks. Please rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, rate a review.
1: Thanks again for listening. You are now in in the the nose. nose.